Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, we're at uh, Brick and Spoon this morning. I've got the perfect meal item for you. It's called the Bama Chick. It's a homemade biscuit with sausage gravy, fried chicken, two sunny side eggs, and spicy honey on top. Hmm. You can sounds, like those, a, right? uh, sounds like a gut buster. Sounds yep. like a breakfast that would uh, leave you helpless the yeah. rest of the day. The Bama Chick? The Bama Chick. That's Does what it it's come called. with a side of alimony for dessert or what? I, you know? uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the, uh, the double helping not- of child support. I mean, what else do you get with it? <laughs> the cost is uh, is not just the fifteen dollars you see on the menu at that point, but yeah. there's a well, there's plenty of variety here this morning that I'm gonna have to figure out what I'm gonna get at some point. That's right, Clark. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Um, I want to I want to reference this clip again from Rocket earlier this week. We know Alabama's got one of the better defenses in in the country and they they really started to figure it out after the texas game here's what he said in regards to what he and the other running backs have to do on saturday one thing about alabama just in general since i've been playing them since i've been here was they're gonna be in the, in the right spot you know in the right area at the right time they're gonna do their job you know so do we just making sure we're going to do our job in a way and um you know should we focus on that this week Guys, we know the uh, offensive line has to play their best game of the season for Arkansas to have a chance. Alabama is top 10 in terms of sacks per game. They've got a stout rushing defense per usual. That's also inside the the top 20 as well. But, I mean, offensively, they're not as elite as they've been the last couple years. So if you get any bit of offense from this football team, you might have a chance in this one. But you've got to get that running game going. Guys, we're, we're halfway into the year. And I, I mean, can any of us say we've seen the best out of Rocket? Makes you wonder about his health. We know his knees, you know, had issues. They've held him out of some games. And Chuck, it's just hard to believe we've seen the best that we're going to see from Rocket to, to this point. I don't think we have. Um, and you know, whoever the running backs are, they got to break tackles. You're right, Ty. I mean, that's something that you know you don't always have the gaping hole, and sometimes all you do have is a crease and. Uh, sometimes too, you gotta, you know, you gotta absorb the contact and try to get some yards after that too. So, Alabama's always fundamentally sound defensively. Yeah, you know, when you talk about them being in the right place at the right time, that's that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen a couple screen plays this season, Tommy Chuck. I don't know if you've noticed it as well. Or the setup was great. I mean, they they blocked it up all for just like one guy, and whether it was AJ Green, Rashad DeBinion, or Rocket at times, you had like a 20, 20 yards of green grass, but you just missed that initial block to spring those guys open. You're hoping whether it's the left or right tackle or whoever's supposed to catch that linebacker or safety makes that one block because they've had chances this year. They've just missed that one guy, unfortunately. Well, I'm sure that's happened some on the screen plays, and, you know, it's happened a lot. I mean, there are, um, you know, all it takes, frankly, is one guy missing his assignment. 
mm-hmm. and the play can get blown up, whether it's a running play, whether it's a screen play, whether you've got a pass called 25 yards downfield. Um, you know, all it takes is one guy missing a block, and the whole thing's ruined. So, yeah, that's um, – you know, we, we say this every week, and, um, you know, Arkansas – you know, we say every week they've got to establish a running game. Well, you know, let's be honest. Six games through this, um, we've said it six times, and it's not happened yet. Um, I still believe it can, and I still believe it will. I just don't know when that's going to happen, and I don't know that you can necessarily go into a game banking on it. It's, it's the same analysis. It's the same story. Um, when you can't run, you're helpless in a lot of areas, and you get into situations. You cited a stat in the first half hour about how the longest run last week was 16 yards by the quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's not the recipe right there. And, look, they know that, and we're not saying anything that they don't know. You know, nobody's offering any analysis that's unique, frankly. But that's just where they are. And um, you're going to have to um, – you're going to have to have some guys do some things they've not done so far, and hopefully coaches, they'll be able to do that. Coaches talked about the stretch play, how that has been their bread and butter the last couple of years, and again this season it, it hasn't been in. And he referenced again Coach Kennedy having the number one offensive line attorney rushing the football two years ago in, in the Power Five. I think a lot of, again, our audience is still just stunned that this team went, ranks 114th right now in rushing yards per game with just over a little over 100. And Coach was addressing, again, like you were saying, they don't have the – I'm paraphrasing. He's like, we don't have the personnel to not be able to run the football. Some teams can get away with it. Mississippi State or Leach and Washington State and some of the places he's been. There's some others, but you can't do that at Arkansas in the SEC because there's too much speed on the defense that can just pin their ears back and get after you. But it's always been that way, Ty. I, I mean, that's, 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 that's always been Arkansas' situation when you play a team like Alabama. You just don't have as much as they do. That's the situation when you play a lot of teams, frankly, in the SEC. You just don't have as much as they do. And that's where they are right now. And, and um, um, you know, we know they can't run the stretch play. They know they can't run the stretch play. At least they've not done it so far. Um, Arkansas has got to find ways to win this game and other games not being able to do that as well as they'd like. Now, if Arkansas is going to win this game tomorrow, um, you know, yeah, they're going to have to have some semblance of a running game. But more than anything, what they're going to have to do is keep Alabama off the scoreboard. That's what they're going to have to do. And they're going to have to force some turnovers in the process of doing that. And they're going to have to be perfect in the kicking game. You know, this idea, and, and yes, you can cite the numbers, and we can lament it every day. But, you know, if Arkansas is going to win this game, there's no evidence so far that makes us believe they're going to go out there and rush for 250 yards. You're not going to wave a magic wand and make that happen in all probability. You've got to find other ways to win the game. And it starts by keeping Alabama off the scoreboard. That's the key to tomorrow. The idea that you're just going to go out there and suddenly become a juggernaut on offense, that is not going to happen. I wish it would, but it's not. The way you win tomorrow is keep Alabama low. Yeah, yeah. You take 150 on the ground right now. You know, yeah. <laughs> you take 150 and about eight or nine first downs on the ground right now. So. This is not a great Alabama offense. They're like top 50. They're very mid at this point. This is not the same quarter caliber of quarterback that you've had to play the last couple of years. You referenced the kicking game, Chuck. I mean, you got two of the best kickers in not just the SEC but in college football. Cam has, has banged him through the back of the end zone for the most part and hit all but one field goal. Reichert hadn't missed one at all. But I think about punting, Fletcher can't have one of those shanks. And he's been really good for a good chunk of this season. But every once in a while, he bangs one about 20 yards. I mean, you cannot do that tomorrow in Tuscaloosa. There can't be a single shank where Alabama's going to punch it right back the defense's throat at that point. I'm not really talking about the kickers. I'm talking about the kicking game, returns, um, field position. Um, those are the things that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The margin for error is so small with this team. You're right. I, I mean, you can't have a shank punt at the most inopportune time. You're exactly right about that. But you've got to be complete in the kicking game if you're going to win this game. It doesn't mean you have to be spectacular. 
but you have to be complete. I thought all week field position is the biggest thing. Not time of possession, uh, not all these things that y'all, you guys are both right on, but if you're playing on the wrong end of the field the, the entire half, you're in trouble. I mean, you've got – and everything y'all said is the, the recipe for that, but the last part's the part I most agree with and what I've hammered on all week is this is a field position game. If, if Arkansas has any chance to be in it in the fourth quarter – it's because they've won the battle of field position. Well, and if you look at the way Alabama's won some of their games, particularly early. I mean, they look vulnerable early. They were vulnerable early. Um, but they've been solid in 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 that area. And and it, it again, it goes beyond just the specialists. Um, you've you've got to be solid in all aspects of that area. So. You mentioned the return game. I know that the kickoff has been largely eliminated for the most part. The kickoff return, excuse me, but ball return, you've got a top ten unit in terms of punt returning. You gave up one to Anaya Smith in the, the Texas A&M game, and again, you've got to reference both sides. And you sides. can't give up another one. Yeah. I mean, you can't give up one in this and, game. And we've seen Devontae Smith. We've seen other Alabama players that have had a special team success against Arkansas. But I think, again, Isaiah Satania, while he's not still getting a lot of play offensively, has a chance to still make an impact in this game if given something in the punt return game. Got to hang on to the football. Yeah. That's you brought something too. up that I mean, and it it's in Sam Pittman's DNA and MO is this. These are the kind of games we saw it against LSU. You bring out a fake field goal, you bring out a fake punt, you get a key first down, or you score. I, I'll quite frankly be surprised if you're in the right field position and the right down and distance on fourth and three or four that he doesn't try that tomorrow. I'm sure Saban's fully expecting some kind of fake or some kind of wrinkle because. That's what Pittman has done against teams of this elk. Well, yeah, and I mean, you think about the play down there. Yeah. You know, the uh, the the pass at Kern caught. I mean, those are uh, those are plays that I'm sure they've thought about oh, all week you long. Better believe it. And um, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have a play like that, but you better not give up one. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Alabama's been good enough over the years, and they were good enough when Arkansas pulled off that play to overcome it. Um, you know, when Alabama pulls a play like that, and it works. It, it, you know, a lot of times you start the bus. I yeah. mean, the snowball's coming. Yeah. So they're backbreakers. Um, you know, you've um, you've, you've just got to be solid in all those areas. But now here's the thing. Um, you know, season doesn't end tomorrow, and there are four or five that remain in Fayetteville, and you've got to gear up for that. Um, that's the stretch that's going to determine whether. You have an opportunity to make a run at salvaging this or whether it all goes down the drain. Um, I think everybody knew this four-game stretch was going to be really, really tough. Never been anything like it. In the history of Razorback football, there's never been anything like it. I've been doing this a long time, and it's just a fraction of the history. I've never, ever seen a situation where five of the first seven games you're spending Friday night in somebody else's town. Never seen it happen before. This is a weary team right now. And, um, hey, you got to go down there, play your butt off, try to find a way to steal a win. But if you can't, man, you got to circle the wagons and you got to get ready for those <laughs> games at home because you've got to win those football games. You think you can find the radio booth next weekend? You're going to need a yellow coat maybe to show you where it's at? I'll tell you what, Are I you know familiar my way enough? to the airport. I, <laughs> I know my way. I don't need uh, breadcrumbs. Uh. It's... Um, um, you know, it's and, and I talked about this earlier in the week on one of the shows that, I mean, you know, we ask our coaches, and we've done this a while, and it's not just coach, it's coaches. We ask our coaches, hey, we need you to compete in the West. If you don't, the Wolves are going to howl and I'm going to have to fire you. But, you know, you're going to play five of your first seven games away from your campus, and you're going to go five weeks without playing a home game. You have to play in Little Rock to keep the natives happy, and you have to go to Dallas to keep the coffers full. But we need you to compete. Otherwise, we're going to have to fire you. we got to stop doing this, man. we got to look at what we're doing. And I'm not saying that's the reason they are where they are. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, man, this has been a tough stretch. And um, I think it's showing. In the record, though, just in reality, if you take a deep breath, it's the BYU. Back, game. It's the BYU. You're, you're, the record's one game off of where everyone expected it to be. It's the BYU game, if, and, now, and look, we can't reverse that. But if uh, you could reverse the BYU game, I think the 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 tenor would be much different. I don't, I, I, Tommy, I disagree with that. I don't think a lot of fans expect to be three and three at this point. 
I think they expect to be four and two. You, you, you Who'd you expect, expect to, to be? Who'd you expect? I to I think be? a lot of I think the the majority of fans that I talked to thought it was going to be Ole Miss and Texas or Texas A and M at that situation. I mean, they didn't and. I, I don't think they agree. A and M's been be. better than anyone expected. Oh yeah, no, they're de- they have yeah. the best defensive line in college football, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to argue. And but Alabama's yet you got, expect to beat them. That's preseason, but the, when you say this point, I, well, I, I don't, I, I don't agree with that at all. We're we're not okay. we're not they're, the idea. There there were heightened expectations of this team now. From a media standpoint, which, again, Chuck, you've been vocal about that no one cares what the media thinks, but if you ask the majority of Arkansas fans preseason, it was 8-4 and four or 7-5. and five. It's not 2-4 and four at this juncture. It's so, not. in other words, they didn't meet your expectations. No, that's not – I'm talking about the majority of fans. And, again, whether that's fair or foul to be in that situation, the idea that fans were expected to be 2-4 and four at this juncture – I don't agree with. I don't think any. I I, I don't. Well, think I, I don't. I don't. Ty. No one's saying that. Mm-hmm. No one's saying that they expected him to be two and four or three or, or three and three. I don't think fans expect to be three. Well, and three I think this if, situation if, if if anyone at this point would have been disgusted by three and three, I, I don't really think they they were looking at it through rose colored glasses. So I. That, I, I can't get on with that either because I mean that's three, fine. It's I mean, three that's, home games, three fine. two home games, and a Little Rock game. Then you just should be okay with three straight road losses. I'm I not mean, saying I, you should be okay with it, Ty. I, I'm 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 not arguing with 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 the fact that there's frustration on that. And and, and you know honestly, we're 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 focusing on a point that doesn't really matter because they're not three and three. They're not four and two. They're not anything like what we thought they would be. So I mean. And we can argue about what people's expectations were, but it really doesn't matter now. Well, biggest challenge of the year. Going to be the best team I think you faced all year, and uh, I think without question the best defense you're going to see all year long. Well, they've been good, and that's kind of what's kept them in it. And they, um, you know, in many respects, we talked about this back in the summer, that, you know, this might be an older school type Alabama team, that they weren't going to be the type team that could – do some of the things offensively that they've done the last couple of years. And um, it's not a prolific Alabama offense by comparison, but, you know, they put themselves back in the playoff picture. And when they lost to Texas, I don't know that a lot of people thought they were finished losing. They may not be, but they're still Alabama. They're still plenty good. We're taking your calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel Hotline this morning at 877-377-6963. That's where Jared is in Russellville this morning, home of Cyclones. Jared, what's up, man? Hey. yeah. Good morning, guys. I'm a proud uh, Cyclone, too, 2009, 2009 graduate. Um, hey, I want to say something really quick that, that I think all fans are, are, are and myself included, there's, just, there's always one play – in either the third or fourth week of the season that defines Arkansas' season every year the last few years. And last year it was K.J. trying to trying to stretch the ball over against A&M. This year it was a, a play that no one really thinks about too much anymore because it was so long, long ago. But you're up by 10 at the 50-yard line, fourth and one. Your defense is playing outstanding against BYU. Instead of instead of having the push the push play in the in 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 the playbook, which we just saw that last week, so that was just kind of like rubbing salt in the in the wound, so to speak. Hey, we can actually run this play and it actually work, even though it was on third and one. But and there's always that one play, and then and then we hear all this stuff about all all off season about how they have the most talent they've had in a long time. But if the tackles, we all heard that if the tackles are good, and they're just getting folded every single time. So my our, our my thought process is this is that how can we avoid that one play that defines our season early in the third or fourth week fourth week because when that when the for us as Arkansas as Arkansas just in general football once the once the ball starts rolling in the wrong direction it's very hard for us to get it rolling back in the right direction and it's always but I, I will give Sam this after the bye week every year he 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 does pretty well. And there are four out of the last five. Salvaging this season is, 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 is very is very easy to do, I think, in my opinion, with those four games at home. But the problem is is that we shouldn't have to salvage seasons anymore. We had too much talent on this team 
and I believe that with all, and I know it's five out of seven weeks and all that. I get that. I heard that over and over and over again. But with that being said, we have to push through this to make this to make Arkansas football relevant again. At some point, we had to push through making the wrong mistake in a crucial time and get the ball rolling in the right direction. And I don't know how that happened. I don't know if that's a mindset or what it is, but that's where we're at right now. And that's just my opinion. I hope you have a great day and God bless. Thanks, Jared. A um, couple things there. You went into a variety of different things. I don't disagree with you on the first couple plays in the beginning of seasons, especially the last two years. I mean, if you look at Arkansas's roster right now, it's the best defensive line you've had under Sam Pittman. This is probably the best secondary you've had under Sam Pittman. It's the best kicker. It's the best punter. Best quarterback. KJ's at his best. I know it doesn't look like that, but he's better than he was two years ago. He just doesn't have Burks. He's not on the right offense. You got the best running back group you've ever had. Uh, I hesitate to say wide receivers. We know we're not going to say offensive line, but I think there's a, a lot of truth to what you said about this being his best team. You just have, again, an offensive line that's the worst that he's had since he's been there, and we know you're as strong as your weakest link. That line's just your weak leak right now. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's 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 been the story, and... I don't. I don't think anybody's disputing that. And you know, you're right when you say that. You know, they've they've not been able to run the ball and all that. And and I don't know. I can't offer any disagreement on that part. Yeah, I just wonder tomorrow. I mean, just because we we don't know, you know, the health of some of these guys on defense, who's going to be available. I mean, I know what the mood's going to be. No one expects Alabama. To, to let Arkansas come in there and steal a victory on their homecoming day. No one this morning is going to call in and honestly predict a victory, but everyone's going to be mad when Arkansas loses tomorrow. And I, I just, you're not going down there. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know uh, whether you're going to go down there fully armed and ready to go on defense. And, you know, you can say what you want about Alabama's offense, and they may not be as good as they've been in the past, but they're still plenty good. And going in shorthand is not a recipe to win at Bryant Denny. Well, you know, you just got to go down there and play like crazy. I mean, you know, whoever's out there, you just got to go out there and play. And I don't know what else to say on this. This is, um, again, I don't think it's a vintage Alabama team, but it's a very, very good Alabama team. And they are Alabama in a lot of ways. And um, you just got to go down there and play. I mean, look, if, if we can analyze all kinds of things. And everything everybody said this morning's I'm not saying it's off base. Um, but, you know, you still got to go down there and play the game. I know a lot of people, and you kind of said it a minute ago, oh, we don't have a chance, we're doomed, we're yeah. terrible, you know, can't coach, everybody ought to be fired. But when they don't win, it's like everybody's going to be mad, yeah. like, like, like they expected it to be different. But um, I think this is going to be closer than people think. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Oh. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Guys, we've got the NLCS and the ALCS finalized as the Atlanta Braves got beat by the Philadelphia Phillies 3-1 to last night. I was watching it with a Braves fan, and he was uh, pretty disappointed in his squad's performance in the playoffs. It's going to be the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. And then again, earlier this week, we knew it was going to be the Rangers and the Astros, who have never played. That's crazy to me. A Dallas and Houston team have never played in the postseason, but we finally have that in front of us this playoffs. What do we have, one division winner left? Is that right? I I, I do not know that, Chuck. That's it's interesting. More... I mean, you look at the playoffs and what's happened with, you know, the Dodgers get swept out and the Braves lose and the Orioles lose. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, the teams, the way the structure's set up in the playoffs now, the the teams that win their divisions, the highest-seeded teams, I mean, they take five days off. And in baseball, baseball's a, you know, there's a day to Danish to baseball that the that makes it unique, I think, from the other games. And um, taking five days off in baseball is a punishment. And you look at some of these wild-card teams, I mean, the Braves and the Phillies, I mean, wasn't even close. And neither were the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks during the regular season. But these teams like the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, and certainly you look at the Astros and the Rangers and what happened in their division, they've been playing elimination baseball for the yep. last three or four weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've, their backs have been to the wall for three or four weeks. I don't know how you remedy this. I, I, my, my gut tells me this two of three wild card needs to go to one game. As much as I hate one game in baseball, I think it's an unfair situation when you force your, your highest-seeded teams to take five days off. This isn't football. Uh, it's not even basketball in that regard. Um, these guys need to be playing. And I think as we've seen these playoffs – uh, you know, as, as, as we've seen them play out, mm-hmm. that's what's happened. The, the teams that have been playing elimination baseball for the last month are the teams that are still standing. Mm-hmm. So, so of the four teams remaining, and some of them are spread out, but, I mean, Dallas and Houston aren't too far from of Arkansas and a good chunk of our audience. I mean, already – got Astros and Rangers fans in Arkansas. You sure yeah. do. So I would think – and I was talking to, uh, again, a Texas Rangers fan. My roommate is a diehard Rangers fan. And – Outside of a World Series game, these will this will probably be the most heavily attended atmosphere in globe life. And I know Minute Maid has hosted some World Series games as of late, but I would think those two venues the next week or so are, is just going to be insane with how close the visiting fans are to, to one another. Well, the cities hate each other. I mean, Houston <laughs> thinks. I mean, Houston looks down on Dallas, and Dallas looks down on Houston. And what this series has is something that transcends baseball, transcends the game itself. Um, you've got, you know, you got a city rivalry going here, and uh, there will be people in the Metroplex, and there will be people in the Houston area that, you know, they may not have gone to more than a handful of games this year, if they've gone to any. Mm-hmm. But they'll be paying attention to this, because it's Dallas versus Houston. Mm-hmm. Will the country pay attention? Yeah, I think they will because that's going to be the best. Those are the two best teams. Things I don't going. know that you know the Ast or the, uh, the 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 Diamondbacks and the Phillies are hot, and, and and look that'll be a great series. And the Phillies at home, mm-hmm. uh, as Sterling was saying, it's it, it's like the Twins of the Metrodome in '87. I mean, they're they're tough to beat there. But the two best teams left playing are the Astros and the Rangers. I think there's still some national hatred for the Astros. People, sure there is. People Absolutely. still uh, are They're cheaters in a lot of yeah. people's minds. Exactly. So they'll they'll tune in to root against Houston. Yeah. Things get going on Sunday night when the Rangers and Astros play first on Fox at 715, matched up against 
Sunday night football. I, don't, I forget who's playing on Sunday night this week. And then you got the D-backs in Phillies game one on Monday at TBS and the other games at five that day. Chuck, you, you referenced the, the back-to-back days. I do like in baseball, you don't have to wait two days or three days or even a week. I mean, you just play the next night. I've always thought that set baseball apart from some of the other playoffs that we have in basketball and football. I just think that's really unique. Well, that's what, you know, the day-to-dayness of the game. I mean, you play 162 games in 180 days. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that you're going to benefit from taking five days off, it, it's, it's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen that. I mean, we've seen it play out. Yeah. I don't know, you know, with the expansion of the playoffs, I'm not sure how you remedy that. I don't know. Back in the old days when you had, you know, a National League and an American League Championship Series. It was best three of five. You'd wrap up the regular season on Sunday. Game one's Tuesday. Travel on Monday, play Tuesday. And it was that way all the way through the World Series. And so the day-to-dayness remained. But it's it's been taken away with a playoff format. And so more than ever in Major League Baseball, if you just get into the tournament, as Bill Parcells used to say in football, if you can just get into the tournament, you got a shot. Yeah. It's the Morning Rush live from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're at Brick and Spoon this morning. Tommy Tommy Kraft, Chuck Barrett, Ty Richardson. Again, we're behind enemy lines thanks to our friends at Ag Up Equipment. That's AGUP.com. To the McClarty Daniel Hotline we go where Kenny in Panama City is this morning. Kenny, what's up, man? Uh, Nothing much. Uh, How are you all this morning? Doing great. I guess my – I just had a quick question. I'm like, why can't we – why can't I see all these texts or tweets or whatever about firing Sam Pittman because they don't like how the season's going and everything, but uh, how long did Kentucky give their current coach, what, 10 years? He's been there more than 10 years. Why can't we just give Sam more time like Kentucky did or something like that? Well, quite honestly, I think there's a portion of our fan base. We're not the only one, but I think there's a portion of our fan base that enjoys a good coaching search more than they enjoy the games. (laughs) They like tracking all those planes and (laughs) hearing about John Gruden at Powerhouse, even though they know in their heart it's not happening. Um, I think people people like that. Look, if if, 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 if we've learned one thing, if we've learned one thing, over the last 30, 31 years as a member of this conference, is you can't fire your way out of this. I mean, if we could fi- if you could fire your way out of this, we'd be right there at the top because we've done it. We've paid guys not to coach. And, I mean, we've put good money after bad, and we've done all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that you can just fire your way into contention, fire and hire, fire and hire, um, that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And, and, and I'm not saying that, 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 you, that any school should hire a bad coach and keep him forever. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the idea that you're just going to fire one guy and hire a great guy and everything's going to turn around. Everybody thinks you can do that, and it never seems to work out that way. So to Kenny's point, he's asking about Mark Stoops at Kentucky. He had three straight losing seasons before they finally got above 500. Then he had back-to-back seven and six years. And then since then, they have had a couple 10-win seasons, and they're five and one sitting right now. Stoops is a good coach. He runs maybe not the exact same offense, but they have physical lines of scrimmage on both sides of the football. And Kentucky is not exactly an easy job because there's so much more focus from that fan base on the basketball program. But he's right. He's been there since 2013. There's not many coaches outside of Saban that can say that at their current program at this point. In fact, I think he's the second most longest tenured coach in this league, if I remember that correctly. You know, you keep a lot of memories and photos on your phone to remind you of good things. Sometimes you got to keep some things on your phone to remind you of what not to do again. Chuck, who's that a... Who's that a picture of I'm uh, there with? You and Chad. Me and Chad and my brother. Me and Chad Morris. I keep that photo, and I've not deleted it on purpose as a, as a reminder that when you think things are bad, I just sometimes go back to this photo that's on my phone from uh, April 10th of 2018, and I remind myself, when I don't think it can get any worse, here's a photo to remind me of me and Chad Morris together at a banquet uh, that I was part of. It you can, it can always Tommy. get worse. I keep that photo just to remind me, to keep me grounded. You Let me go back known. to the Stoops thing just a second. Let me go back to the Stoops thing. Stoops had the great benefit of coaching football at a place where they are unashamedly 
a basketball school. Good point. We fancy ourselves as a football school. We're a basketball school. Well, I, I mean, that's open for debate. But, I, but, but, but my point is, is we think of ourselves as a football school. We want so bad to be a football school. And uh, look, we're not alone. Everybody does. I get it. I mean, that's that's that. If if you're not good in football in the SEC, it's hard to have a seat at the table. And I get all that. It's where the money's at too. But Stoops was able to survive at a place where basketball was the important game. Mm-hmm. They wanted football to do well, but they weren't going to blow the thing up if it didn't. Yeah. yeah. As long as it wasn't costing a basketball recruit, they were fine. His his success may be his own demise at some point there. Well, it might be, but but uh, um, you know he just he just had the benefit of being able to maneuver through all the things that are required to build at a place where they weren't as demanding as they are at some other places. So I'm not I- taking anything away from him. Yeah, I, I think a lot of, I mean, what you just said is 100% accurate, but I would think with every other program on this campus, I mean, little, legitimately everyone, look across the board at what these teams are doing, where the coaches are at. And we've always had the phrase, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? I think what our fan base, and myself at times, is wondering is like, why can't football figure it out? And you point to a couple things, you point to NIL, you point to the recruiting stuff I was talking about where you're light years behind other high schools that you have to go up against in other SEC states. But that's what people, again, get frustrated with is not just that we fancy ourselves as a football school, even though we might not be, but it's the fact that every other sport on this campus is having success and not just success in the regular season. They're doing it in the postseason, too. Well, it is hardest in football. It is hardest in football. And, Ty, you answered your own question a little bit earlier. 83 players out of Alabama and 15 out of Arkansas. I mean, that's the answer to your question right there. And you look at, for example, baseball. Baseball has a lot of success with Arkansas kids now. When I started doing baseball in Arkansas, you might have two or three good players from Arkansas. Might. Most of them came from Texas and Oklahoma. Over the last 30 years, with funding and with, you know, coaches and uh, amateur baseball at, at, at lower levels, the sport's grown. You can field a good team with Arkansas kids now. You can field a good basketball team with Arkansas kids. You might not win the national title, but you'd be in the top 25. Say the same thing about baseball. If you had just a team of Arkansas kids in football, I'm sorry. You might go years without winning a game. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but it's the truth. No, you're right. And I just, but people look back at other seasons and they're like, well, how are we able to do it then? Because Arkansas was more of a national brand at that point under Broyles. It's an easier league. It's an easier league. And, and There's yes, no other South, way around and, it. And Southwest Free Conference. <laughs> and, and Southwest Conference, mm-hmm. too. Um, but I, I still, again, and I'll go to Zach and Harrison's text because I think it's a good one. I still fancy Arkansas. And I don't think my expectations are honestly that far off. I fancy Arkansas as a 7-8 win football team every year, and every once in a while, every four or five years, you compete and you have a 10-win season. And I don't think, honestly, I honestly don't think that is an overreach. And I think well, a lot of fans feel that same way. All right. And what has happened, again, Sam Pittman has almost fulfilled that, right? Second season, you go nine, and we'll see what happens. You get to seven this past year, and I'm more on the regular season side of things. But we'll have to see how this season plays out because I think fans would be frustrated if they didn't at least make a bowl game this year. Well, if that's your expectation, that's fine. And and I do understand a lot of people have that expectation. But I think there's also got to be the realization that if that expectation is not met, that the answer is not always in firing somebody. We've gotten we, – we, we, we've fallen into this trap – over the last 30 years of thinking that every time things don't go right, we can fire somebody and hire somebody better. And it's just not always worked out that way. We're not the only place. It's, yeah. it's, it's been this way at a lot of places. Everybody thinks they can fire their way out of trouble. And, what and are we it talking? just doesn't happen that often. 
what do we talk about always with continuity with the baseball team? You have had two coaches. When, when Norm start, Chuck, like 70-something. 70, 70 yeah, I mean, 1970. two coaches since that. 53 at years. That point. And yeah. they've had, again, a luxury of that, and that's very out of the norm in college sports, but that's one of the reasons your baseball program is. Well, let me say this, too, and, 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 and I don't mean to diminish what anyone's accomplished, but there are certain sports collegiately where you do not compete against the entire country. There are certain sports where you compete against teams that are in the same climate you are in. A lot of spring sports fall into that category. Um, and that has some foot, – football is a sport and basketball is a sport where you compete literally against every state in the union. There are sports collegiately where you don't. Tommy, did you uh – did you see this the other night this weekend where a, a ref decked the Boston College quarterback in the BC Army game? And Stilatos keeps, shimmies, and pulls into the umpire. <laughs> wow, a big collision. Tommy, how many quarterbacks or running backs have you laid out during the course of your high school <laughs> refing career? I'm Probably assuming none. you played the wood accidentally none. once or no, twice well. when they ran into you. I run the other way to get out of the way. <laughs> I don't want to, I've been hit before. It, it's no fun. So, uh, no, I, I try to stay out of that, that umpire slot. That's where, you, that's where you can get in some trouble. I mean, for those that haven't watched the clip, this Boston College quarterback, who's a big guy, I mean, he's not a small, frail figure, and just runs into this thick ref and just falls immediately yeah. to, to the ground at, at that point. We've seen big hits before, but not typically from the refs, guys. Yeah. Well, they avoid me, knowing it'd just be like running into a brick wall. They, they, they know. They don't want any part they of it. They don't want any part of it. <laughs> they know it hurt. So they're, they're staying away. Uh, they're staying and I'm not away challenging anybody tonight to try it. Please, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, what week, Tommy? What week are we in high school football? Uh, week seven. We week seven, man. Four weeks we to go in the regular season. Big so, games uh, this. A uh, couple big games this weekend. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Arkansas soccer keeps on winning. 3-0 against the Florida Gators last night. Y'all, they have 29 straight wins in Fayetteville for Colby Hale squad. Nearly 2,500 people in attendance last night, and it's just almost a given that they're going to win every time they play in that state in, in, at Razorback Field. Well, he's put you in a position that your soccer program, which was an afterthought, is now one that people pay attention to. They have record crowds, and nationally, they, they can compete with anybody. They're, they're In that regard, like baseball, they'll, they'll take all covers. They're going to be in the hunt. I mean, every year yeah. they're going to be in the hunt. Seems like he's been in the Elite Eight as Coach Musselman's squad has been the last couple of years, and maybe they can get back to that uh, get to that Final Four, which would be the first time in Arkansas soccer history. Really cool for ladies again keeping that home field advantage going volleyball team is also really good they've got a 13 win streak two sec matches at home in barnhill arena this weekend tonight at Ole miss on the sec network plus and then also sunday as well you're playing alabama twice this weekend once in football and once in volleyball as well they're going to play at six o'clock that one's actually on the sec network so again another uh, another program guys that's having success on this campus to this point yeah, they're doing great. I mean, they're doing great. You went 13 in a row. You're, I mean, you're doing great. Yep. Last thing here in your hog update this morning, Coach talked about not letting the logo on Alabama beat you tomorrow. And I feel like fans feel like they've already lost 
hopefully the players don't feel that way. As long as you don't let the logo beat you before you go out there and play, you got a chance. But a lot of teams lose before they ever snap the first snap because they're looking at the logo, and we can't do that. Can't win if you don't believe you can, and, and our kids will be out there ready to play. And that's happened from time to time when teams take on Alabama. But, I, I, Chuck, I tend to agree with you. I, I was asked yesterday for a bunch of Bama fans what I thought about the game. I, I wasn't, again, boisterous that Arkansas was going to win. But I, I do feel like they're not going to get demolished in this one. They played – I mean, you played Alabama tough the last two years. I know fourth quarter got away from you last year with Jameer Gibbs. But it's been close for the most part. I expect Arkansas to compete. I expect that. Now, what it's going to look like when they add up the numbers at the end of the day, I don't know. They may be down some guys, but I expect Arkansas to compete. I, I don't I don't think they'll go out there and lay an egg. Yeah. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning, and we're live in Tuscaloosa, and it is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. All right, so we got plenty of prop bets this week. This is a Tommy. This is a matchup of some of the best kickers in all of college football. Cam Little is over 1.5 field goals and over 1.5 PATs. If this was a bet, Saris, or excuse me, if this was a fence man Friday pick, would you take the over in this one at plus 185? Plus 185, yes, take the over on that. Okay, Cam Little could be called upon a couple times in this game to kick a few field goals, and him and Riker are two of the best in the country. There is there is no comparison when it comes to the best in quality of fences across the state of Arkansas. We welcome in our friend Sean from the Fence Man this morning. Sean, what's going on here on a Friday in the middle of October? It's, it's nice weather here in Arkansas, isn't it? Oh, we are super, super blessed. Um, you know, we got so much going on. We had the, the best of the best River Valley voting here came through. We won three years in a row of best fence company in River Valley. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm having a great day. <laughs> Can't complain. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations, third third straight year, and let's uh, let's keep it going, heading into the fourth. And uh, on that note, let's get into our Fence Man Friday picks. Fence Man Friday picks. Call the Fence Man for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fence Man. We ain't afraid of no work. Got some good SEC games this weekend. No ranked teams that are playing one another, but some good games. We'll start with what I think is going to be the best one in Knoxville. Neyland Stadium, Tommy, A&M walking in there, following a tough emotional loss to Alabama. Can they respond? They're three-and-a-half-point underdogs heading into Knoxville. Ooh, three-and-a-half. Hmm. I think Tennessee wins this game, but I think it's close. Give me A&M and the points, but I think Tennessee's the winner. I got Tennessee covering in this one. Uh, I think A&M, as good as they've been on defense, I've got the Vols covering in this one, Chuck. Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to pick. I'm going to pick Texas A&M and take the points. That's uh, Listen, this is going to be a close game. I could see it being by uh, being by three. What are, <laughs> I Sean, don't know what, about, what Sean's going to yeah, do. I know which uh, one's. Giggle Maggie's <laughs> once again. Yeah, I thought you got family in Tennessee, too, I think. you could Maybe you could get away with saying Tennessee in this one, but not a, not immediate family that's in your own household, so probably a, probably a smart pick there. Yeah, you take care of uh, someone you have to eat breakfast and lunch or dinner with. You kind of, you know, it's, play the safe bet here. Smart on that. <laughs> Go to the Tiger Bowl, Baton Rouge this week, and LSU is a 11.5-point favorite against the visiting Auburn Tigers. Jaden Daniels and this team are too much. I don't think Auburn, Tommy, has thrown for 100 yards against a Power 5 team all year long. I've, even as bad as LSU's defense is, I've got the LSU Tigers covering the 11.5-point spread. Yeah, I'll go with uh, LSU. Hey, just give me the Tigers. You know, Just give me the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, I'll take LSU. Uh, I'm going to go with LSU, too. Sean, you gonna go island here? Or are you gonna stay with us on our ship? I, I can't. I mean, there, there's there's betting uh, poorly and betting intelligently. So I'm gonna go with LSU. <laughs> go with LSU. That's probably smart. All right. Well, the our, we're gonna boost the Arkansas game. Tommy, Arkansas getting getting 19 and a half points, and the over on the Razorbacks and Crimson Tide combined is 46 and a half. So can Arkansas lose by 19 or win? Or and can they both teams score over forty-seven points in this one? We're boosting it this Ooh. morning. So, 
47 and a half on the over and, and what was 46 the other half? and a half and an over plus 19 and a half. No, I don't think so. I think it, it's not the line that's it's the like over. Yeah, I, I would the go over. the under. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Alabama's not a potent offensive team, y'all. They, I mean, they have not been great at points this season. So I would, I would not take this bet. I would, uh, I would shy away from this one, Sean. What about you? What are you thinking? I, I I'm like Chuck. I think the Razorbacks are going to show up. I think they're going to compete. I think they're, they're you know, as much as frustrated as we are, I think they're trying to get better every week. So, I, I think. We're going to keep it super close. So I'm like you guys. There's no way we're going to go over. All right. I like it. So close. You cover the spread, but you don't necessarily hit the over-over. Chuck, we'll go to Lexington for you. Missouri at Kentucky. Kentucky is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the visiting Missouri team that's coming off a tough loss to LSU at home. Who I'm going with Mizzou in that game. I'm going with Mizzou on the road. Playing well. All right. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. As we do with all of our guests, we go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline, where Pat Smith is waiting, co-host of Three Man Front in Birmingham on WJOX. Pat, I was uh, watching Nick Saban's every week conversation with Pat McAfee yesterday, and not only did I see one smile, I saw several smiles, and I know you and I were joking about this earlier this week. Does this seem like a more joyful Nick Saban than maybe we've seen in recent years? Well, you know, during the fall camp, uh, there were articles being written on how many times he smiles, the percentage of smiles, and how that correlates to Alabama seasons and victories and championships and stuff like that. And the fandom didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. I mean, they want a pissed-off Nick Saban like you saw at Mississippi State, you know, when he's ripping into players. And, of course, right after that victory at Startville, he told everybody that Miss Terry told him that he needed to start being more harsh on the players. And so that's what you got that night in Startville. He wasn't that fired up uh, in College Station until the very end of the game when some clock management issues happened. But it does seem like that he's kind of taken a step back the last couple of years of, of being that fiery coach because us in the media covering him on a daily basis, we could kind of chart it. Anytime that Alabama was playing an opponent, usually it was Sisters of the Poor or, you know, Mercer, Georgia Southern, whoever it may be, you're going to get a speech that week. And so I'm not trying to chide Arkansas for coming in. I know it has not been this kind of season that Arkansas thought that they would have so far. But you got a couple speeches this week from Nick Saban, which typically means on weeks that he feels like his team might not be, let's just say, focused on the opponent at hand, you're going to get these speeches, and we got that a couple times this week. So that kind of told us in the media, one, that practices have not been as fiery as they were the week before, and if you don't pay attention to what and who you're playing on Saturday, you can end up getting beat because this team has a very short margin of success based on their offensive prowess this year. So I hope that answered your question. So, Pat, to that point, 11 a.m. game. I know it's homecoming. It's still 11 a.m. I've already talked to a bunch of fans that are mad about it. He played an emotional game against AM next week. We know all how important the third Saturday of October is to this fan base and this team. I mean, is, is Alabama going to sweep walk into this game despite Saban pushing his team not to, to do exactly the opposite? Um, I, I, that's what he's concerned with. 
And based on his comments throughout the week, as I just mentioned, he is concerned. I mean, first and foremost, you know, last time Jefferson came into Bryant-Denny Stadium, he lit up that secondary. And don't think that Nick Staben has forgotten about that. And, you know, look at the second half they had in Fayetteville. And, of course, Jalen Milrow had to come in and, and mop up for uh, Bryce Young. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's concerned. I mean, the defense is finally playing the way that they want the defense to have been played under Pete Golding. And for whatever reason this year, they have finally taken that next step up. So he feels really good about that. The problem is is that you still have a quarterback that he and the rest of the fan base, they feel very uncomfortable with because his prowess of being able to turn the ball over and make some bad decisions. But he made, for the most part, very good decisions at Texas A&M. I'm not sure if Arkansas's defense can put the pressure on him quite like the Aggies did. But if you do go into a game like that, Ty, at 11 o'clock in the morning, I mean, the, the homecoming floats are lining up at 445 in the morning. Now, that has nothing to do with the football team, but it's just the overall malaise for an 11 o'clock kickoff at Tuscaloosa. It's something that has not happened a lot under Nick Saban. And so these kids need to be focused because Arkansas is an SEC opponent, and they've got dudes and they can come in here and they can make it a very difficult afternoon there in Tuscaloosa. Pat, I'm sure there's been uh, plenty of calls and plenty of theories floated about what's changed with this Alabama program. I mean, from the outside looking in, it's, you know, we still view it as dominant and ran by, you know, the best coach of all time. But, you know, they've lost a little bit of the edge, uh, it appears, in the last couple of years. What, What, in your estimate, has changed? Is it Portal? Is it NIL? Or is it something more internal? Uh, I think those two items that you mentioned, yes, absolutely. I think that is level the playing field for everyone. But I think I want to go to the recruiting aspect. You know, Alabama continues to recruit at a very high level um, on every, you know, February 3rd, 4th, 5th, whenever the signing day is every year. You're going to have Alabama still fall in the top five. They, they bring dudes to Tuscaloosa. But I'll tell you, they have misevaluated some of this so-called five-star talent that have come in. I don't know if it's because – once they get on campus, their attitudes don't change. They don't go through the what Nick Saban calls the process. Um, now that the transfer portal is there, you, you're not going to have guys like Tua Tonga-Vailoa or Mac Jones or Jalen Hurts or Devontae Smith, guys that waited their turn. Now, folks, if they're not on the field as a freshman, hey, I'm going to go get in the portal and I'm going to go make money and I'm going to go somewhere else in place. I mean, that, that has leveled the playing field, but... I go back just the overall recruiting. There, there's been some misses on some kids, some some high star kids that they really believe that were going to be able to come in and be that next savage up, so to speak. That was always what you heard the last ten to twelve years at Alabama. Well, if somebody gets hurt, it's no big deal. It's just the next savage up. I mean, because they got all these five stars. Well, they have misevaluated on some of those because they do not have the playmakers that they thought they were going to have. They also missed in the transfer portal. Um, they had Tyler Harrell last year, um, a wide receiver from Louisville that they believed was going to be the next Mechie or the, or the Williams. And, and he got on the field, I think, for two games. You had Eli Ricks, who was all preseason SEC cornerback coming from LSU. He barely played. He could not, you know, get on the first team towards the end of the year. So they've had some misses, not to mention Tyler Buckner from Notre yeah. Dame. That was a disaster at South Florida. So. It's been a combination of all those, but I think you guys could see it just as well as anybody else. It's just the overall leveling of the playing field in college football thanks to the NIL and the transfer portal. What factor is breaking in two new coordinators on the staff? I know you know Nick Saban's used to changing coaches out and changing coordinators that become head coaches oftentimes, but two in one year, transition at quarterback, how, how big a role has that played in how this season's unfolded so far for Bama? I think on the offensive side, I think it's been huge because, you know, one thing's for sure, even when Bill O'Brien came in as offensive coordinator a couple of years ago, Nick Saban walked in his office and Nick Saban threw down the Alabama playbook that had been used by Steve Sarkeesian and by Lane Kiffin and says, this is the new standard at Alabama offensively. You can add pieces to that playbook, but this is the Bible when it comes to Alabama offense moving forward. You can add to it, but this is the baseline. And so that's what Bill O'Brien did. And, of course, now Tommy Reese coming in. He's more of a, you know, more of a tight end type offensive coordinator. You're seeing more tight end sets that he's brought in. They wanted to play more bully ball, the offensive line. It's taken them a little bit of time to get going. On the defensive side, you got Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele has been at Alabama three different times under Nick Saban. 
you know exactly what you get with Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele knows exactly what Nick Saban expects and wants from his defense. So from that angle, that has not been an issue whatsoever. But the offensive side, it's been a little bit of filling out of, of Tommy Reese and, and what he can bring to the table and kind of add to that, that base playbook. And let's just be honest, they just did not have that quarterback that high-level type quarterback that we've been used to seeing in Alabama, and that's been the issue, them trying to run the offense that they ultimately want to run. Pat Smith with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Pat, one of the issues with that offense is the offensive line, and I know a lot of Arkansas fans are surprised to hear that Alabama's given up more sacks than Arkansas. They've given up 26 this season. There's a lot of talent there. I was looking through the roster last night. A lot of those guys are still four- and five-stars. Why hasn't that meshed? I know there's a new offense like you referenced, but I'm not used to seeing Bama's offensive line this this behind in six games through the season. I'm going to defend them just a little bit um, because it also comes to the quarterback not having that internal clock, knowing when to throw the ball away. He was sacked five times at Texas A&M. When you go back and you look at the All-22 tape of that game, there were three instances that he should have he should have gotten rid of the ball and taken an incompletion and thrown it out of bounds. That has been the multiple issues, even in the Texas game. When you go back and look, there were 11 plays in the Texas game where he had wide receivers, and instead of going through his progressions, he locked in on one guy. He didn't throw it to an open receiver. They had three different scoring plays dialed up that if Jalen Milrow would have made the right decision down the field, they would have scored touchdowns against Texas. That is the type of decision-making that everyone got spoiled because Bryce Young was like a computer or your laptop. I mean, he was making decisions so quickly and going through his progressions. You don't have that with Jalen Milrow. That doesn't mean that Jalen Milrow can't ultimately be that guy, but he just does not have that internal clock yet. So, yes, the offensive line has struggled. I, I agree with you 100%, Ty. But I'll also put some of that responsibility on the quarterback where he is holding the ball too long or he's not going through his reads or dumping it down to a safety valve, whatever the case may be. So it's been a combination of both. The thing that probably worries Alabama more than anything is they thought that they could play bully ball with this offensive line, and that just has not happened yet. That's why at the Texas A&M game, they couldn't run the ball. Now, that was a great defensive line that the Aggies have, one of the best, if not the best, in the SEC. But the problem is you can't establish that run, then that's going to put a lot of pressure on Jalen Milrow. And let's just be honest, uh, you can't get in a 51-48 shootout with Tennessee next week thinking that Jalen Milrow is going to throw for 400 yards. So, Pat, I know Jermaine Burton has best game as a Crimson Tide member this last week. Milrow and him really got on the same page. But that, that is a position group that has lacked. I know it was a talking point in the offseason. Arkansas has secondary issues in terms of injuries right now. We don't know 100% who's going to play. Is Alabama going to be able to take advantage of that even at times with the struggling unit? Last week going into the Texas A&M game, they believed that if the offensive line was able to give Jalen Milrow enough time, that Jalen Milrow could have success down the field, quick slants, guys getting behind the secondary, because they realized that if there was a weakness in D.J. Durkin's defense, it was the secondary. So if the offensive line could, could help Jalen Milrow out, they were going to take shots down the field. And you saw what happened. I think Alabama is viewing the same situation with Arkansas. Once again, can the offensive line play the game that they're expected to play? And Jalen Milrow makes those good decisions uh, because there were multiple times where, where Burton, you pretty much knew, it was almost, I mean, I'm not saying that he's like Bowers at Georgia, but it was like the Auburn game against Georgia, you knew that Bowers was going to get the ball. At that point in the Aggies game, you know that Jermaine Burton was going to be the number one guy. He was going to be targeted, and they could not stop him. So I think Alabama's key tomorrow is they're going to try to establish the run. That's what Nick Saban is trying to do every single game with this team. But, no, they're going to take their shots. And and for them, they would love to be able to get out to a big lead and hopefully be able to set on that and uh, not have a stressful third and fourth quarter against Arkansas with Tennessee straight ahead. Yeah. Pat, let's uh, close you out on this one. Uh, it's not often uh, Alabama hosts 11 a.m. games. Arkansas, we were trying to remember the last time Arkansas played at 11 in Tuscaloosa. What, what do first you think? First time ever, Tommy. First, first time, time ever. ever. Uh, what will the environment be like? Uh, what will? Uh, what, what, how do you think the fans react? I know this is not uh, you know, normal operating procedure for, for Alabama football to kick off at 11. Uh, I anticipate that probably uh, – after the game, uh, depending on the outcome of the game, 
Uh, you might get Nick Saban chastising the fan base uh, or the student body, you know, leaving at halftime or not showing up till you know, 11, you know, 45 or noon or whatever the case may be. I think you might, you know, have a little smart aleck comment possibly <laughs> from Nick Saban. But from a fan base standpoint, you know, listen, Ty, you're in Tuscaloosa. Um, Tuscaloosa is just like Fayetteville and other college towns around the SEC. It's uh, it's really tough to get folks out of bed at 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, let alone uh, <laughs> students that go to the university. So uh, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting environment to say the least. And I think that plays to Arkansas's benefit. I really do. So I mean, this is not going to be the electric atmosphere that you had for the Texas game. So take advantage of it. Hopefully they do. Pat, we appreciate your time joining us again this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Enjoy your your weekend. I know you've got a variety of things you're doing for the rest of your Saturday. And, uh, again, we'll talk at some point the rest of this fall. Absolutely, guys. Hey, have a great weekend. And, Ty, enjoy Tuscaloosa. I will do my best. Guys, to, to Pat's point, I was up this morning driving around at 5 a.m. just kind of exploring the rest of the campus. Only car on the street. Only car. But that's well, there's, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, you'd expect that. Yeah, yeah. typical in uh, college towns, like you said. Hey, let me uh, – I want to focus on something Pat there talked about with Alabama's offensive line. You know, I was looking at some of the numbers, and this is this is why I, I, I don't think this is going to be uh, a lopsided ball game. You know, Alabama averages 31 points a ball game. Arkansas averages 31 points a ball game. Alabama rushes for 143 yards. Arkansas rushes for 111. Alabama decidedly better there. Not great, but better than Arkansas. Arkansas throws for 221 a game. Alabama throws for 216. Arkansas has thrown six picks. Bama's thrown four. They've lost two fumbles. Arkansas has lost one. Bama's allowed 26 sacks. Arkansas has allowed 23. Both of them 44% on third down. The numbers that I just like recited there are so similar because the common denominator is they've struggled up front. Now, I was looking at Alabama's guys up front. They start a freshman at left tackle. Now, here's the difference. He's 6'7 and 360. That's the difference. And, um, you know, I was looking at their guys up front. 360 at tackle, 352 at guard, 305 at center, 320 at right guard, 360 at right tackle. Uh, But they got that freshman over there. And I would imagine they've probably had some issues there. Maybe they've had some issues with the other guys. Dalcourt's been, over the years, their best offensive lineman. So um, they are similar in some of their struggles. You know, um, Alabama scored 20 touchdowns. Arkansas scored 19. So, I mean, there are some, you know, there's some common ground there in terms of their offensive struggles. And that's why I think the team that's better on defense tomorrow is a team that wins. I guess we'll find out. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.